spiritually going from place to place, I believe there is a place where we can feed. And I thank God so much for that. Amen. God bless you. Good to be together on a Sunday morning. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to have you connected wherever you are this morning. Uh, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing to come into the house of God. We welcome you all. And as I heard our heard Brother Jerry praying. I Thank you, Brother Jerry. We had connected a few times while we were away, and Brother Jerry was also sick and had to isolate, and, but he's here today. And um, there's another brother that's here today we're very thankful to have. That's Brother Kevin Ahenikew. God bless you, Brother Kevin. I texted you a few times, but you didn't answer. <laughs> it's okay. We, we understood, and we, we were in contact with your wife, and we were praying, and we're sure grateful for God moving on your behalf. And we're, we're grateful to see all of you, and wherever you are, if you're at home and you're recovering, may God bless you. And uh, the Lord willing, we're going to just keep growing and growing and coming back to where God wants us to be. So we welcome you all. This is uh, Thanksgiving weekend. We have much to be thankful for. And uh, so with the Thanksgiving weekend, we only have one service, so that'll be just this morning. And uh, we will try not to do two services back to back. We'll just do one. So you just pray for me. I, I, I'm desiring truly the leadership of the Lord this morning. I, I had some thoughts that were very much... Uh, I felt there and, and just coming to the service and just praying in the back and I have a number of directions I could go, but I really want the Lord to lead us this morning. Uh, I, I believe that we are led of the Holy Spirit and we all want to be led. We all want the leading of the Lord. I don't want Brother Ed's way. I want the Lord's way and I, I, I trust you can pray for that this morning. Um, I know there's been special services um, in Saskatchewan, back-to-back -back weekends, first at the Grunthal Church, then Saskatoon Tabernacle, and then now this weekend there are special services in Louisiana. And I don't know if you're like me, but actually I wish I was there. Yeah. Yeah. If you've been watching, <laughs> I, I struggled a little bit this morning. Couldn't we change our service? Couldn't they change ours? And the good thing is you can backstream it. So we only have one service. You have lots of time today to backstream the service. So don't worry about what's there. Let's, let's take what God gives us here. And, uh, you know, the, the, the difficult thing is when you watch meetings like that and the, the expectation and everything that goes with it, you know, that's special meetings. And, and the difference in special meetings is expectation. So I'm not saying we can't have a special meeting here. We can. 
it, it's on our expectation and what God wants to do. So let's, let's be looking to God this morning. So I, let's just, uh, we're going to just sing one more chorus. I'd like to sing, uh, we're going to pray this morning, Brother, Brother Jason Watkins, and like many of the brothers in the U.S., they, they've had the COVID in their church in different places, and his wife, Sister Debbie, is on day four, and she's having a struggle, and he would like us to remember that in prayer. So we're going to pray for that after we just read a bit. But I'd like to sing this morning, if we can, Spirit of God, move. Spirit of God, move. Spirit of God, move. Put your word in my heart. filled by the Spirit of God. I believe we're living in the time like it was in the book of Acts. While Peter spake the word, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe that can happen here this morning. We don't have to wait for a special meeting. It can happen this morning. That's the God that we're serving today. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're standing here now. We've sung songs. We've prepared our hearts. But Lord, now we're inviting you into this service. Father, without you, this meeting would be nothing. It would be vain. It would be just the thoughts of man. But Lord, we're laying aside our thoughts. We're laying aside our minds. We're laying aside our goals. We're laying aside our strongholds. And we're yielding them to you, Lord. We're surrendering our vessels to you. Father, I'm asking you that your spirit would now just take charge of this service. Take charge of my thoughts. Take charge of my words. 
take charge of your people, Lord. We recognize it's not all on the man, but Lord, you're so sovereign that somebody can pull on the word and can direct the service in a certain way. Lord, we give you the service this morning. It can be right in this sanctuary. It could be from afar. Lord, you know what we have need of. We're asking you, Lord, to take this service now. We have thoughts. We have words. We have directions we can go. But we need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You see where the world is. You see that the world is being anointed for a tribulation. Lord, we're also being anointed. We believe, Lord, we're not just going through cycles of up and down, but we're on a heavenly cycle, Lord. While the world is getting worse and worse, there's a church that is being sold out. There's a bride that is preparing to meet her Lord. Father, I'm asking you to take this service. Forgive us our mistakes, our humanity, our shortcomings. Look through the blood of Jesus. And now take this service in Jesus' name. We ask these things in Lord. Also standing, remembering Brother Jason Watkins, this request for his wife. Lord, we remember him, O oh Lord. We remember her, Sister Debbie. This is day four of a COVID. It's gotten worse. And he asked her to be remembered. Lord, we want to remember also our brethren, wherever they're gathered in different churches around Alberta, B.C., Saskatchewan, Lord, across this land, across the U.S. We know there's special meetings and services, but Lord, you are God over all. And we're asking that where the Spirit of God, may wherever the people of God are, may the Spirit of God take the preeminence. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Let's go to the Bible. Isaiah chapter 59. We are going to take some thoughts that will come from the Wednesday service. It really is part two of prevailing seed. And I, I'm, I'm going to have more in this that I want to speak. And I've actually entitled this from the brink of extinction, which is part two, which I took part one. But I may not go that way. This is where we're really depending on God. So while you're there, while you're praying, while you're tuned in, may God, may God just lead us this morning. Brother Joe Perizok, Sister Maria, nice to see you. God bless you. We're happy that God helped you as well. Isaiah 59, let's read from verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. If the enemy has ever come in like a flood, it is now. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed, saith the Lord from henceforth 
and forever. We're going to carry right into chapter 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. God bless his word. You may have your seats. I'm going to also ask you to turn to Revelations chapter 12. I heard an amen over there, and I looked, and there's Brother Bob Combe. Good to see you, Brother Bob. God bless you. We talked as well over the time. And all of you that I didn't mention, it's good to see you all too. Amen. God bless you all. Good to be in church. Good to be with believers. I want to say also we... We had the, the graveside service and, and funeral for Brother Joe Kesser and, and the family, and we thank God for the life of Brother Joe and all that were, were there. Uh, difficult in the restrictions, but the Lord gave us a, a great day. I want to read Revelations 12. Let's just start in verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. This is the hour that we're living in. The accusations are coming against us, and and, and they, they still are there. But the power of the accusations is being diminished by that which God is doing in us. Do you believe that? Verse 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore, rejoice, you heavens. Now, I I just should have stopped on verse 11. Let me just stop, go back to verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. That's the only thing that we truly have. Our intellect won't do it. Our strength won't do it. Our our efforts and our knowledge and our our, our experience will not do it. The blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony. The faith that we exercise. Thy word shall not depart out of thy, thy mouth, thy seed, and thy seed seed. Let it always be on your lips. Thank God for saving me. Thank God for what he's doing for me. Thank God for what he will do for me. And the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Now, that one has always been uh, one that's always been what we've looked at. But I believe as we're coming to the end, things are dropping off. The things that we spent time and we were engaged in, they're meaning less and less. As we see the world coming to an end, we see that we are coming to our destiny. The place that we are and our focus is changing to that. I trust that God is working in your hearts that way. I don't care so much about what's here. I don't care about those things. But I do care about what God has ahead for us. Last verse here, 12. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell on them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth 
and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. We'll stop the reading there. I'll, I'm going to start it this way, and I want to just read something. I, Brother Harold, when he prayed in the office this morning, said it a couple of times in his prayer. We're looking for the leadership of God. I want to just read this from the Church Age book, and I, I, I want to say this is, we, we would love to be in special meetings. We would love to be under a certain minister. To, to Maybe we have a favorite minister. Uh, maybe there's a certain gift that we're drawn to. And, and I would say you need to be careful with that. And, and, and you can have a minister, but if you're looking to just the man... I believe we're living in a time when, when the attention is going off of the men and it's going on to the Word and it's going on to Christ who is in the midst of His people. And that's what we need to be seeing. So, so Brother Bannon would say this in the Smyrnian church age, the difference between the Israel and the rest of the nations was God. Put God to one side and Israel was like any other nation. When Samson cut off his hair, he was like any other man. Put the leadership of the Holy Ghost aside, and the church is nothing but the world with God's name attached to it. Now that's a powerful statement. And this morning we're not here under the guise of politics. We're not under here because of uh, our self-interest or our own agendas. But we are giving ourselves, I'm giving myself to what God has. And you need to be giving yourself. Lord, we want what you have. Every service. And he would say, now, the world and the church are all the same lump. Jacob and Esau had the same parents, but the Spirit of God makes the difference. It doesn't matter if you call yourself a Christian. Anyone can do it. The point is whether you have the Spirit of God in you, for without the Spirit you are a reprobate. You are none of His. Now those are strong statements. And I said it on Wednesday and I'll say it again. I, I feel we really need to preach this. I feel as we have witnessed the death of some of the saints and we've looked back in their lives and we've looked as they faced death in the face, they had to go back and say, I met God there. He was there. He's with me. I'm certain of where I'm going. And I say, we need to be certain of where we're going. And if you don't have that certainty, listen, I'm not here yelling at you. I'm here convinced and concerned. I'm here calling on you. And if I can, I'm, I want to be like, like Noah standing at the ark. Come in before the flood comes. Come in before it's too late. Come in before you're cut off. And I'm saying that this morning. Don't be scared of the Holy Ghost. Listen, if you say, well, I just, I just don't have a desire for God. I'm here because my parents brought me here. I'm here because, you know, I have to look good. Listen, if, if you're in that place, just, just why don't you ask him right now? Say, Lord, make it more real. Why don't you come to me today? Come to my pew, my chair, my place this morning. Lord, 
You know, when, when the ark was there, now I, I want you to think about this, and I, I'll come back to it here. But when the ark was there, and the only way of salvation in Noah's day was the ark. And when the, when the ark door was closed, the only way you could connect God, connect with the outside world was with God through a window at the top. I'll tell you, we can look laterally a lot, but where we really need to be looking is through the window that goes up. We really need to know where our contact is with God. It's, it's, there's only one window. That was in, the, in Genesis. It's that way today. I believe we need to connect up. Thank you. Appreciate your amens. Appreciate your pull this morning. Brother Branham will also say, and I could read more quotes on this, but let me, let me just finish this thought about leadership. God, he talks about the Nicolaitan age, which conquered the lake Nicolaity, how terrible that spirit was. I, I wish I could preach on all of these things, but I'll summarize. God has never placed his church in the hands of an elected leadership that moves with political mindedness. And I will say, within the framework of this message, you are seeing men come in that have their own agendas, their own kingdoms, that they want to control, but I'm saying, I'm relinquishing control to God. I'll withstand those things. I'll preach against those things. I'll say, God alone is our king. He alone is our king. He alone is our God. That's the one I'm looking to this morning. And I think it's, it's a tactic of the enemy when he'll take men and they'll start to control people under their own thing. I don't want any part of that. I want to have God. Let him reign and rule. Let him have his way in our midst. So he says, not political mindedness. He placed his church in the care of God-ordained, spirit-filled, word-living men who lead the people through feeding them the word. That's never changed. We are not separate into classes, a holy priesthood. True, the leadership must be holy, but then so must the whole congregation. There is no place in the word where priests or ministers mediate between God and the people. Nor are they separate in their worship of God. God wants them all to love and serve together. Last quote, and then I'll just get into my topic this morning. Brother M said, I believe in leadership. God placed in the church pastors, evangelists, teachers, apostles, prophets. And he says this, I believe in leadership, but it is not the leadership of men. I believe in the leadership of the Holy Ghost coming through the Word. I believe God has set men in the church, men that are gifted by the Spirit, and they will keep the church in order. I believe the church is ruled over by men that God sends to take charge, but that rule is by the Word, so it is not really men that are ruling, but the Spirit of God, for the Word and the Spirit are one. Jesus said, my words, they are Spirit and they are life. Okay, I needed to get that off my chest this morning. Brother Harold, thank you for praying as you did this morning. Now I want to, and I've asked you to pray, but 
We took this thought on prevail, which really prevail means to influence, to overcome, to be stronger than opposing forces. If we look in the world today at the forces that are moving in the world, and they are moving, political forces, nations having unholy alliances, um, the, the secular world, you, 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 if you've read in the news this last week, the multi-billion dollar corporations like Facebook, and you might say, I'm not on Facebook. If you're on WhatsApp, you're on Facebook. It's the same company. But you look at it, and, and the president, the CEO of Facebook, lost $6 billion in an hour, or a couple of days, rather, because of allegations that are coming out about the company and things like that. I'll tell you what, you're seeing wide shifts that are affecting lots of people. There's things that are going on that are beyond our control. There are spirits that are at work in the world today. There are agendas in politics. There is movement among the masses. There's, there is things that are happening. And I say this, don't get distracted. Don't. Listen, we've never been called on to have placards and go and demonstrate against politics. We don't go and demonstrate against abortions. We've been given a charge that charges to be about the Father's business. We are not here. Yes, we are against abortions. Yes, we're against the agendas that are out there. But don't get distracted. Amen. Don't give your attention to the... Listen, for one thing I've, I found out about the enemy, spirits want your attention. They want you to be engaged with them. You entertain a spirit long enough, and that spirit begins to dominate your conversation. It begins to dominate what you pursue, where you go. I, what we really need more than anything is a focus on the Spirit of God. Let's keep steady with it this morning. Let's keep the agenda. I, I, we, we, Brother Harold and I, we shared the quote on a letter about let's put the stabilizers down. And a part of that quote, it says, don't matter how you feel about something. And you might feel, the feeling might be very real, but stay focused on God's word. Don't let the feelings, don't let depressions, don't let anger, don't let, don't let being riled up, stay steady. I'm really trying to get to this, but in all of this, I want the Lord to have his way. Now, a couple of scriptures that I'll just, just share, but these, these are simple. But I, these, I want them to be comforting. Psalms 23, verse 4, would say this. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we're walking through it right now. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Yeah, it's true. There's COVID all around us. 
Yeah, it's true. There's all kinds of agendas all around us. But it's also true. I can come and feed on the Word of God. I can have the Spirit of God. I can have more within me than they have out there. I can have a force that is equal to what's out there if I've got the living God in me. That's the Holy Ghost that we need. That which is within needs to withstand that which is without. And I say what we have within is more than a match for that which is without. That's the God that we serve. That's the Holy Ghost that we need in this hour. Psalms 27. Very familiar. This becomes more real. Why Brother Branham injected this as the opening scripture for the rapture message. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So in other words, there was a reason to be afraid. There was a reason to fear. And then David would go further and say, When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, they came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. I, I, I can't help but remember our special meetings with Brother Ron Spencer. And Brother Ron, when he took his title, um, uh, and, he, and I forget the whole title, but against a backdrop of chaos. And, and he took the type of Jesus standing before Pilate while all around him they were crying, crucify, crucify. And while he had all these things, he kept his focus. I believe that same spirit is in us today. I believe it can, it can help keep us steady. It can help us stay, you know, while all the world is going crazy. I, I, I'll, I'll share this. I've had a couple of clients that are quite wealthy like to push their weight around sometimes. And I've watched some of them. And they're, they're caving in. They're fearful. One, one client in particular who was very aggressive finally just said, I, I'm, I'm done with it. Had to go and get mental help. The world's going crazy around us. We'll go crazy unless we have... God. Psalms 27, one thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me Upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies around about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. One more scripture as I move into the next part. Uh, Isaiah chapter 54. This has always been a blessing to me. In verse 14, in righteousness... Shalt thou be established, thou shalt not, thou shalt be far from oppression, thou shalt not fear, and from terror it shall not come near thee. 
Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. And whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. I have created the waster to destroy. Our arch enemy was created by God in heaven, knowing there would be iniquity in him, knowing he would draw a third part of the angels, knowing he would come to the earth, knowing he would be here at the very end, and yet God had a plan that the seed that was here was going to overcome him at the very end. Verse 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Every tongue. Now, I I want you to notice the language here. It does not say, no weapons will be formed against thee. (laughs) It says, no weapon that is formed against thee will prosper. So the weapons, the guns are trained, but they're not going to prosper. Furthermore, every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, so there's going to be people that are going to talk against you. There's going to be encounters with the spirit world that are going to be, uh, you're going to notice, you're going to very much be affected by. I I was speaking and encountered some spirits that were very strong. And I could tell where they were coming from. Those spirits, they're against all of us. So the Bible says, Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, who's going to overcome it? You shall condemn. Thou shalt condemn it. Why? By what is in thee. That which I placed in my seed, in your mouth, in your words. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Okay, I'm going to... Uh, I, I needed to just get relaxed, and so Ethan, I'm gonna I'm gonna go not to part one, two, or three, or four. I'm gonna go to part five. So we're gonna turn to Ezekiel. We're gonna go to Ezekiel chapter 37. If you'll turn with me to that, I want to just start with this here, Ezekiel chapter 37. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Appreciate all your pull this morning. Thank God that he is the one who is leading us, who is in charge. Ezekiel chapter 37, we're going to read from verse 1, and we're going to stop and make some comments as we go along here, but I I want to use this, and and then we'll we'll just see how the Lord takes us through this. But Ezekiel chapter 37, and and as we just begin in verse 1, I want to just maybe get your attention to the setting. On, on Wednesday, we talked a little bit about the natural seed of Israel and how time and time again, it looked like the seed was just about gone, but God would always be there just in time. God never left his seed defenseless. Now, the type here is, is Israel is in Babylon. Israel has... The glory of that kingdom, the natural seed of Abraham, has now gone into captivity against Babylon. 
Now, I, I want you to notice, we too, now there's a natural, but there's a spiritual, and I'm going to try and focus on that. The natural part of Babylon was against Israel, but there's a spiritual part of Babylon that's against every one of us right now. We're in Babylon. We're in the, ep- the, 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 the finality, the, the glory of Babylon in a spiritual world. But we're also in this situation, but I want you to take this now. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of, of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And it caused me to pass round about them. And behold, there were many, very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. Now, I want you to notice this. It was a valley of dry bones. And it doesn't say just dry, but very dry. They were dead in common terminology. They had no life in them. They were dead. They had nothing to go by. They, 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 couldn't, they couldn't do anything. But yet, God has something for them. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And again he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, I want, I'm just going to just make a statement here for a moment. Dry bo- bones are, are mentioned in the Bible often. If you take it right from Genesis, where Joseph made command concerning his bones. Don't bury my bones in Egypt. Bury them in the promised land. Now, and, and, and it was Elisha who was dead and his bones were in a tomb and, and, and they, they were in Israel was in the middle of a battle and they threw a dead man in there and when the dead man touched his bones, he resurrected. So in the bones is something that is not in the rest of the body. In the bones is something, and, and, and actually science will tell you this. Science now, uh, they, they, they have this, they, they, they have what's called bone marrow. And they use it because the DNA in the bones preserves up to 400 times longer and better than anywhere else in any part of the body. So there's a, and they say that if they can just get a sliver of DNA from the bones, then those bones, that's enough to be able to replicate that which you carried in your body in your life. And, and I don't know if you've ever heard, heard the term um, where they freeze the bodies, and I lost the term. Uh, they freeze the bodies. What is it? Cryogenics, that's exactly it. So what they do is they freeze the body and they, they're going to freeze the DNA because they say we don't have the technology right now, but years down the road when we have the technology, we're going to take a sliver from those bones and we're going to be able to replicate life again. That's the thinking. That's the thinking. Man that has broken to God's laboratory. There are actually... 
There's actually laboratories. You can pay upwards of $30,000 it used to be, but now it's even more. And they'll preserve your body in this deep freeze. They'll, you have instructions that years down the road when the technology comes and the technology comes, we're going to be able to resurrect these bones. We're going to be able to take care of these bones at a time and we're going to be able to bring you back to life. Now, I, I, mean, I, I, I would just say, and in fact, if you look at who's there right now, there's a well-known physicist, there's a well-known doctor, there's a sports star, a baseball star called Ted Williams, and his son, they both have their bones in these labs, they've they passed on for years, and they're waiting for science to do this. Now, that's a perversion of what's really happening. That's a perversion. That's the devil taking something that God is actually doing in this hour. And God is actually going to bring our bones back to life again. Our bones carry something within them that God has ordained. Now, I, I, I want to be careful not to jump too fast ahead here, but I, I tell you what, it's, it's wonderful to me. Brother Branham actually makes this statement, and I'll read this from the countdown message, and he would, he would say, here we are, usually... Why is this on the hearts of people at this time? There's a spirit realm that people are affected by, and there's a perversion of it, and there's a real of it. And so people are scared of death. They, they know that we're living in a resurrection season. Oh, friends, I'm, I'm looking forward to one of these days we're going to bury the last one. We're going to have our last funeral. And that last funeral... That will be the last one. And after that, it will be on those that are alive and remain. I believe we're living in that season. That's the order of the Lord. Brother Bram would say, happenings that are in this earth are representing something that comes from somewhere else. When it strikes the earth, it's usually in a perverted condition because of a world of darkness and sin. But then there is a true representation. So the perverted condition is, is this, these freezing of the bones and what they're doing. That, that's a perversion. And you know, there, there's actually a problem with that because the problem with that is what they're missing is that there needs to be an incubator. There needs to be a surrogate to be able to bring this DNA to life again. I gotta slow down. It's in my note somewhere here. We're gonna come to it. Now, he says, but there's a true representation in the spiritual realms. Okay, we're gonna go back to verse four. He said, Prophesy upon these bones, say unto them, O ye dry bones. Now they're dry, <laughs> they're very dry. And he says, Hear the word of the Lord. So there's a, a word that is spoken to these bones. Every word of God must come to pass. It may linger for years and years and years, but it must come to pass. There will be a resurrection. There will be an awakening. There will be a rapture. They're already, it's already in place. And he says, thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Now, I'm, I'm going to go slow with this. Now, the first thing that comes is you're going to have breath in you. 
Now, when Abel died in the Garden of Eden, and when he died, and Brother Brandon would say, he died at the altar, and when he died at the altar, he said he was gasping for breath, trying to speak these last words, and, and it said that there's a blood that speaks now, which Abel's blood could not speak at that time. But there's a blood that speaks for us now that has breath. Don't think for a moment this whole COVID disease that takes away the breath of people isn't ordained of the devil for the time and the hour that we live in. It is God that is going to prevail over the COVID demon. And there's a breath. The breath is used to speak. The breath is used to breathe. The breath is a breath of life. And the devil is there to take away our breath. To take away our voice. To take away what God wants to do through us. So he says, I will cause breath to enter in you. And you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you. So cartilage will come around these bones. And I will bring up flesh around you. And I will cover you with skin. And I will put breath into you. Oh, hallelujah, friends. That's not just a breathing breath, but that's a breath to speak. That's a breath to fulfill the purpose of God. That's a breath to cast down your enemies. That's a breath to cast down the accuser. That's a breath that God has given the church in this last day. If I can say it, the church was dead. I'll bring you the quote out of the message. Brother Banham says, she was dead. The Pentecostal church of the last age. He said, she was dead. And he said, it will take those seven unknown thunders to wake her up. It's not going to be a workup of emotion. It's not going to be a workup of knowledge. But it's going to be God coming and breathing his breath into this generation through the word of God, through William Branham. And I'll say that gladly. Is that a place where people don't like that name? Or some didn't like that name. But I'll say this, I'm not ashamed of that name. That's not my God, but that's the one God sent. That's the message that we stand behind. That's what we're resting on. Now, he says... I'll put breath in you, and you shall live. Now, the subject is from the brink of extinction. Now, one thing Satan doesn't have control of, he can have control. He, he had power over death and the grave until there came one that showed that he had greater power. I lay my life down. No man tells me what to do. This command I have of the Father. And, and he, he went to the grave under the curse that you and I should have gone to the grave under. He took the stripes for my healing. He took the penalty of death. But the devil's power does not go beyond the grave. The devil's power can't carry what's beyond the grave. Now there's a first death and there's a second death. 
The second death is the lake of fire. That's reserved for the devil. That's reserved for his angels. That's reserved for the unbelieving, the unfear, the fearful, and all of the others. And Jesus would say, don't worry about him that has power over the first death, but rather him that has power over the second death. The first death has already been paid for. When Jesus Christ took the penalty, took Satan's stinger into him, and he took the penalty of death for you and I, and we don't have to go to the grave. The minute we're in the grave, we're in the presence of God. We are not under the shade of the enemy any longer. His dominion will take you up to a grave. But he can't take you from beyond the grave. God has already purchased that for us. Praise God. Brother Ed, you've been preaching too many funerals. Absolutely, and I didn't preach this at any of them. But I've been thinking on it. Thank God for it. Now, you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 7, as I prophesied, as I was commanded. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. So, first it's prophesied about what will happen, but now he sees it coming to pass. And he says, and when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, and there was no breath in them. And he said unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these that are slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and thy breath, and the breath came upon them and they lived and they stood up on their feet an exceeding great army. I believe this army is standing on her feet that she is coming into power not just on the other side but on this side. God will show to Satan you did this in, in my Eden I'm going to do something in your Eden. And he says just by a seed word, by a prophecy, by my spirit that breathes life into it, this army will stand up and prevail. Praise God for that. I'm going to just ask you to hold that. Can you go, Ethan, to Joel chapter 2? I don't even have this in front of me. Joel chapter 2, if we can take that. Just comes to me, and I'm just wanting to follow the Lord this morning. Joel chapter 2. Now, we're taking this thought of, as, as you're getting it, Joel chapter 2. There, there's a little, uh, at the Space Science Center, the Odysseum, they have a little display right now. It's called Almost Extinct. And uh, talks about how there's an extinction coming into the world of many of the species. And really, if you take it, it's because of man. Um, they say that there's eagles in different places of the world. An eagle needs sometimes 20 
20 square miles of territory and it's to live and to do it. But because of the overcrowding of man and, and civilization that their territory has been eaten up. The things that they used to be able to habitate in is being stripped away from them. And, and it's causing a species to begin to, to leave. There was a, a thing in New Zealand this last week about a company that was doing some deep sea seabed mining. And there's a big outcry of it because you don't know what you're doing to the species that live there. And you've got to protect the species. And you've got to do all these things. And, 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 and they, yet they do all of these things my wife and I, we went hiking in, in Banff at a certain park, and, and they had a whole part of it roped off because there's this one species of bird that's in no other part of the world, and, and, it's, and it's being infringed on by the hikers coming through here, so don't go near there, and if, in fact, if you take a step too far, there's speakers that come up, and I think they scare the birds when the speakers come up anyway, but, but they come up and say, stop, stop, you're going too far, and then it's all automated, and... and uh, so all of these things are happening in the world. And there's an overcrowding. Now, that's in a natural level. But in a spiritual level, the enemy has crowded the true seed of God, the true word of God. It looked like it was extinct. He started right from the very beginning. He's always been after the true seed of God, right from the Garden of Eden. He's always been after that seed, right after Christ left the earth. He's always been after God's seed. He started with Nicolaitism. He started in the early church. He went into the, to, uh, a physical persecution. It went into almost a doctrine that extinguished, and the true word of God was lost, and the dark ages looked like 900 years under the Thyatiran age, looked like it was almost gone. But then God, he allowed a man named Huss to come up, and he just, 100 years before Luther, but it was a little sprig, just came up, protested the church. If you've ever seen the Huss video, you look at the spirits that are around us today. Oh, friends, I, I, I wish I, today may not be the service that I go on this, but we are in a spiritual battle. I never knew this. I hope this is okay to say this. But Brother Joe Kessler's wife uh, was native. And she was one of those that was put into the residential schools at an early age. They all thought it was just a nice thing. Oh, just an outing. But they left families, homes to never return again. And now they're being raised and there was abuses and there was things and now they're expected to be put back in society and, okay, you have a family, but I don't know what a family is. I, I don't know. I'll tell you what, and all of this was under a Catholic church. I don't know if you've heard the news about what's going on in, in France, but the abuses that have come out of what's happened over the years. And Brother Branham would say, murder lies in her unrepentant heart. And all through the economics and things that are going on right now in the world around us, there's one voice that's strangely quiet, and that's the Catholic Church. But the world is going to find their Superman one day. They're going to find their earthly Savior one day. I, 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 I'll be careful how I say it, but his name rhymes with dope, and, and he's, he's over in Rome. 
And they're going to find him one day. But I'll just say this. These spirits, they're against us. I need to just stop here for a moment. Brother Branham would say this. All hell, Christ the mystery of God is revealed. All hell is against this teaching. All hell is against this truth. Revelations chapter 13, they set up an image to the beast, and the image comes against the true seed of God. It will be an ecumenical move. And it is pushed behind by a Catholic church. Brother Ed, don't you know this is being streamed? I know it's being streamed. But I also know we have to speak the truth. Now, he says all hell is against this teaching. Let me, let me just pick a couple of things. No matter how church age book, Ephesian church age, no matter how just and upright a Christian is before the public, how gracious he is to his fellow man, doing good, let him confess Christ as Savior and acknowledge the operations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in tongues, prophecy, healing, and miracles, and he will be condemned. The minute you go on to a spiritual vein, it's easy for the flesh part to rise up and say, oh, holy, we're, we're not, we're, no, we're not going back to Pentecost. We're going back to what the real spirit of God was in a church in the Ephesian church age. And I, there's more to it. I won't come to it. Brother Branham will say this. The spirit of the world hates the spirit of God because it can't overcome the spirit of the Lord. It tries to destroy the vessel in whom the spirit of truth dwells. Persecution and trials are a normal part of Christian life. I'm not talking about somebody cutting you off as you go to Tim Hortons. That's not a persecution. That's not a trial. It's an inconvenience. But that's not a trial. But I'm saying, what Israel has gone through, the persecution they've gone under to bring them in their land, that same spirit is against us. It's a spiritual level. It's against your doctrine. It's against what you stand for. All hell is against it. Okay, I'm really just needing to follow the Lord here. I, I, I will say, don't play with the world. Don't play with spirits. Don't entertain them. I, I, if there's ever a time, and this is a warning, don't go down that road. You don't know how far you might go that you can't come back again. You can't just go onto YouTube for hours and expect to come away unscathed. You can't go onto social media. You can't displace the Word of God. You can't displace tape listening, prayer. And I say this, there's a, this is not just about do's and don'ts. This is about a spirit that's in you. A spirit. I, I, I get so... They, they, said, they said to Brother Branham, convinced and concerned, what we're trying to say, you must be sure, because the time is at hand for the real 
pouring out of the Holy Spirit. He promised He would pour it out in these last days. Now there's many people who say, if you quiver, hold your hand, eyes shut. Now, I, w- I want to say something. Don't focus on emotions. Don't focus on what somebody else does. Sometimes you've been in a service and all of a sudden you hear somebody screaming and, 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 and you know, they're, they're, maybe it's genuine, maybe it's, I don't know. I, I'm not the judge of those things. But then we say the Spirit of God is here. The Spirit of God comes to where the Word is. Hold the Word in your heart. Focus on God and say, Lord, come to me. Come to me. And I'll say this. Don't worry about what's out there. Worry about what's coming here. And then lean on that. Yield to that. Give yourself to that. You say, well, I'm scared that it'll make me scream. Well, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. It may make you weep. It may make you be quiet. Or it may just give you the assurance that you need. The Holy Spirit will not embarrass you. Trust in Him. Yield your heart to Him. Now, now, Brother Ram would say this. He'd say, hold your eyes shut. Do all kinds of things. Sensations. You get all kinds of things. He says, you can get spirits, friends. But if your life doesn't tally up to what you're professing, there is something wrong with the spirit you've got. Now, now listen to these words carefully because I feel like the enemy has attacked the church with this. I love to stream services. I love that we were able to watch the meetings in Saskatchewan and Louisiana and wherever else it is, but that does not displace your home church or what you're obligated at your point of duty. And neither does it mean to sit back and say, now if you're if you got a health thing, I am entirely on board with that. But if it's become a way of life, and if it's displacing what you could give to this church here, one day you will give an account for that. Now, he says, you must be sure the Holy Spirit will bring forth a holy life, and if that is right, there's a desire in your heart. Now, listen how he says this. If you have to force yourself constantly, if you have to try to press and do that what's right, and the world is still hungering in you, then there's something wrong. Well, I better go to church because I might get a call or an email. I'll tell you what, before you come to church, just ask God to place it in your heart. Lord, I, I, I met a, year, a man years ago. He was an older man. He, God called him off the streets. And he said, you know what? He said, I had no desire for God, but God helped me. He brought me up. And sometimes the enemy comes and takes me away and brings me down. And I start to see myself slipping back into that. And he says, then I say, Lord, you're the one who took those desires out of me. Give me more of a desire for you. And Lord, if I don't have the desire for you, give me the desire to desire you. And if I don't have that, give me a little inkling to tug that I would desire you that you can place your desires in me. I'll tell you what, just put your foot forward. Draw a night to God, He'll draw a night to you. Lord, I don't know if I've got the Holy Ghost. Just ask Him, say, Lord, give me an assurance. I don't want to come to the end. I don't want to come to death's door. I don't want to come there with a half intellectual feeling. I want to be sure. Speaking at Brother Joe's, uh, funeral, I, I just said, 
It's not our intellect that God calls us with. But it's a tug on the heart. And sometimes you have to put your intellect aside and say, well, I'm worried about what they'll think about me. Forget about that. At the end of the day, when you, when you cross over, there's only one you need to worry about what thinks about you. That's Christ. Brother Ed, you're making it awfully uncomfortable for me. I'm not trying to do it. I'd rather do it here than I'd rather have it on the other side. He says, now, if there's something in the world still hungry, there's something wrong. See, the Holy Spirit in you will not hunger for the world. It'll hunger for God. If it's hard for you to go to church and press yourself to come when the church is open, then there's something wrong with that spirit. Now, I, 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 I say this with grace. There are situations, there are people, good to be cautious. I'm not, I'm not saying anything against that. I, 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 I appreciate, I get texts from people that aren't here that aren't, I, I, I'm 100%. But if, if, you're, you, if COVID has become a tool that you can say, well, I don't have to be there because they're not going to check on me. If you're in a dangerous place. Very dangerous place. It's, he said, there's something wrong with that spirit. It's trying to keep you away from God. The spirit of God will run you right straight to church every time the doors open for fellowship. See, you've got to be sure of this now. The time is at hand. Convinced and concerned. 1962, January 18th. That, that was a commercial in between all of this. All hell is against this truth. Christ, the mystery of God revealed. The devil is howling about this. The manifested truth of the promise of the word is in her alone. I, there, I had about four different titles that I, I could have gone. I, and I stayed with the one that I did. But I could have spoke on a life that's connected from the before to the after. I could have spoke on within and without, and I still will touch on that a bit. I had a few others that I would have liked to go to, but, but I'm just connecting little pieces here, if you don't mind. Christ in you makes you the complete revelation of the whole thing. Let's, let's just pause there. Let's, let's go back for a moment. Joel chapter 2 is where I was taking you all to. God always picks us up, restores us. Joel chapter 2, verse 20. Uh, let, let's just take it. If, if you read in verse chapter 1, we know that there was uh, an eating away of, all, of this vine and of all of these things. Joel chapter 2 talks about a mighty army that's coming. As you go a little further down, it talks about rending your heart, coming to the Lord with fasting. And then he talks about, I will restore. Now, you, you talk about a restoration, and you take the message, restoration of the bride tree. The leaves of the tree that were there, they were eaten up. The fruit was eaten up. The branches were eaten up. It was brought right down. Four bugs brought it down to nothing where it was just a stump. But at that time, God said, I will restore. I will bring life back into this. I will make sure this tree will flourish again. Let me, let me just read here from verse, from verse 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the, Lord, in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. Now, 
I'm not going to preach on that. I really would love to, but I'm not going to. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I send among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people will never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed. Now, I, I, I think there's a promise there for all of us. Now, let me take this, this thought of, of, of the resurrection and the life. Go back to Genesis chapter 4, if you will, for a minute. Genesis chapter 4. I didn't say if it's part two of 20 or 50, but it's part two. That's all it is, okay? Genesis chapter 4. I, I want to just take this here. Now, in, in verse 1, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare a cane and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of a time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And, and God speaks to him, tells him, if you do well, you know, your brother's given a proper sacrifice. And we read in verses 8 and 9 that he killed Abel, his brother. Now, in, in I think, spoken word is the original seed. God, God says that the devil is always after the seed of God. And in fact, let me, let me read this part from the church age, the Ephesian church age. Why did it have to be that way? Why was the seed of serpent come this way. Man was created for God. Man was to be the temple of God. The place of God's rest, the Holy Spirit, was man, the temple of God. And Satan knew that, so he tried to indwell or to destroy that seed. Christ was going to be the fulfillment, but the bride was also going to fulfill that. Now, uh, I won't... There's another part. I, I need to move along. So, we know that he killed the righteous seed. So Satan, the spirit, got into the serpent, killed the righteous seed through his vessel, and then God, he, he, now he knows, I, I, I have to have a seed. And now Adam's life could not come about without the woman, the continuation of Adam's life. The seed had to be in a woman. So unbeknownst to the devil, you know, he, God wasn't going to just create another, but, but he was going to allow Adam's seed to come into Eve, and out of that would come Seth. Now, resurrection is not replacement. Resurrection is a continuation of the same life. Uh, you know, God doesn't just, you know, replace you with something else, but God brings back the part that he always had intended which was the seed of Adam. And in Genesis chapter 3, he said that seed would be in the woman. Yeah. 
So it was Adam's seed in the woman that was prevailing. And we know that was in, in Genesis chapter 4. Now, there's a part of this, and I won't have time for it today because I want to touch on this now. But there's a part of this, there was a nature that came out of uh, Cain right away. He was about science. He was about tilling the ground, mining the ground, building cities. He was the, the chief of the musicians. Satan still used music today, all these kind of things. But Abel was a, was a tiller, of, was the one who would watch the sheep and the flocks. And, and it was a gentle man. Now these spirits are very prevalent, and I'm, I'm saying this for a reason. Now, God would come down to Noah's day, and I'm going to go over to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. Now, this is when the first destruction of the earth came. And under this destruction, God, in order to save life, He saved Noah and his family. He saved them from the brink of the flood that was going to destroy all the earth, and He was going to keep a little remnant alive. Now, at the end of time, Satan was going to try and kill the life completely. Here the life was preserved, but the resurrecting life would come up. But, but here, in, I want you to just to pick this up. And we'll, I, I think with the time we have left, this is where I'm going to have to stay. And it came to pass when men came, began to multiply on the face of the earth, daughters were born unto them. And the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all that they should choose. So now there's a mixing of the seed line. And that became very apparent. Up till then, the serpent seed was one line, and Adam's seed was another line. But when they mixed together, Adam's seed used to live 900 years. All of a sudden, their lifespan went down to 120. And it says it right here. And it says, when they mixed together, and the Lord said, My spirit will not always strive with man, for he that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty. And there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Now this is, this is already a different mixing, a hierarchy is established that's different than the, the Abel and the sheep tillers the ones that were watching over sheep. It's, it's a different spirit. It's a different nature. It looked like that line was extinct. It looked like that wasn't anywhere. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually and it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. Now, if you take that thought of imagination, it, it's really the form, the framing, the purpose. If you look at what's in the world today, so much of their imagination is formed by, by social media, by movies, by Hollywood, by everything from YouTube to TikTok. I still have a TikTok too. It's, a, it's in a watch and you can hear it. TikTok, TikTok. So any of you that think that I'm on TikTok, it's true. I've got one. But I don't subscribe to the other one. I looked at it a little bit and I said, all this is is a, as a trap of the enemy to keep you engaged in, in all of these things. And, and, and I would say this, one thing leads to another, leads to another. So I, I'm saying, 
back in, in that day, because the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot, so would it be in the end of time. So there was something that caught the imagination of the people. Satan and his devices. Now, pardon me if I'm meddling, but I, I, I think we need to be aware. I think we also need to be aware of where our families are at. You'll wake up one day and find out, I, I should have been more diligent a long time ago. Uh, listen, I, I'm not here to, to be a heavy on anybody. So the thoughts, so because the imaginations was dictated them by the world and around, and I just say the enemy, he knows how to push your button. He knows that if you're, if you're, if you're typically you know, depressive, he'll give you things to be depressed on. He'll use the simplest things that don't even mean anything. And he knows, well, they didn't shake my hand today. Well, part of not shaking hands is the time we live in. Don't take offense. Well, they didn't even smile at me. Well, I couldn't see it because it's under a mask. Well, forget about all those things. Listen, the enemy will, will do everything. I know it because he comes at me too. And he knows what gets me down. And you have to rise and shake yourself. And, and you have to say, that's the enemy. I don't want to have those things. So the imagination which is shaped by around us brings about thoughts. And we begin to take his thoughts and dwell in his realm. And we begin to take his devices and his plans. And we begin to work that out. That's not what God wants us to do. And he says, so the imagination of the thoughts of the heart the heart is the inner man, the heart, the understanding. Now, I, I stopped there for a minute, but Brother Branham would say this in a message, Perseverant. George Washington, when he prayed through, he was ready. When men hear from God and they know it's scriptural, then they can be perseverant. Now, I want you to look at what Brother Branham called Noah. Noah was just a farmer. In an intellectual age. Now, I, I want to just speak for a few minutes. We'll close with this today. But the unscientific salvation of the children of God in an intellectual age. The devil is playing everything he can to appeal to your intellect. The voices that have risen up against the message, they are all intellectual voices. They don't know of the Spirit of God. They don't know of the pull of God. They don't know of what God has spoken this age. They're intellectual voices. And Satan is behind many of them. He says, Noah was just a farmer. And all the farmers said, praise God. And all the people that wanted to be farmers went home this afternoon and put on their overalls. <laughs> I was driving with my wife to Saskatchewan um, about a month and a half ago, uh, beginning of August, so two months ago. And uh, I put, her on, I put on Paul Harvey and uh, I just played a little clip. God made a farmer. <laughs> it's worthwhile to listen to. So after I played that, it, it talks about a simpler life and everything, and it was good. And then I, he had a follow-up clip, and he said, so God made a farmer's wife. So if, if you need something to do on this Thanksgiving weekend as the harvest is coming in and you're thinking of the farm, 
That's just a little side thing. But I, I want to just say this. In the message, there, there is, there's thoughts that stay on the emotion side and, and say, it's the Spirit of God, it's the Spirit of God, it's the Spirit of God. And, and, and you can focus on that. But God also brought the Word in this age. And there's other voices that say, it's the Word of God, it's the Word of God, it's the Word of God. And then the two can drift apart. But I think we're living in a time where they're actually coming together. The Word of God and the Spirit of God, the Spirit comes to the Word. When John the Baptist was being baptized, fulfilling the Word, the Spirit of God came to the Word. Sometimes we major so much on what's around us, where's my help going to come from, it's going to come from out there, it's going to come from out there, when really it's inside you, the word is nigh thee, in your heart, the word of life, and you need to dwell on that and think on that and pray to God to bring that to life. The word you've been feeding on for years and years and years, let God bring it to life. Now, you need the Spirit of God. You need an experience. If I'm glad for one thing, when I was a young Christian, just had a prayer meeting in my grandma's basement with a couple of people, and, and if I'm glad for one thing, they told me I needed an experience with God. And I'll say this, if I'm grateful for one thing, I had an experience with God. Now you can't dwell your life on experiences because experience runs out. But I'll tell you what, from there it created an absolute Something that I knew I had met God. And somewhere you have to know you met God. It's not as simple as I come to a message church. I, I've got a father that's a deacon. I've got, a, I've got somebody who's been in the church 30 years. We know all of these things. I can say the right words. I attend the young people's meetings. No, you need to know you've met God. Brother Ed, you're zeroing in on me. I tell you what, there's a burden in my heart. You, we live in a, as an intellectual age as Noah lived in. And I'll tell you what, the whole spirit of Satan is on intellect. It comes against us even in the message. Just push play. Well, Brother Ed, now you're getting into dangerous ground. Well, I believe in pushing play. I push play all the time. But don't stop there. It's got to be more than that. And furthermore, it's got to be at a place where sometimes you can put the tape on, you know, I heard this tape before, this is perfect, it won't touch me. And sin is hiding in your life. But you can come to a service and God can use the vessel that's preaching and he can put his finger on something and you can say, thank you God for not allowing to remain there you got to recognize there's two spirits within the framework of the church. And we need to be able to stand up against them. We need to be able to say, no, we need our young people to meet God. And it's not as simple as sending them to a camp, sending them to a service, but it's praying for them. It's being on your face for them. It's being a friend to them, telling them that you love them. And that you know them. And I say, I'm praying for you every day. Are we, are we good on that today? Brother, are you pointing at someone? Well, listen, I, I can say, that would have been pointed at me years ago. 
And thank God I had a mother who prayed for me. Thank God I had a pastor who, who directed me in the way of life. Thank God for all of these things. I, I see God in every part of it. The leadership of God running the church. Not, not one man, not one favorite preacher, not just one theology, one this. No, the Spirit of God. Noah was just a farmer. Notice the lineage of children, Cain's children were smart. They were great scientists, great achievements. We follow that. But the children of Seth now, that's the re- resurrection part of the seed, were humble, peasants, farmers, sheep raisers. God dwells in humility. Now, does that mean we all got to go buy an acreage and start farming? Raise sheep? No. But I think there's a spirit attached to whatever we do. You, you can be intellectual, you can be in a lawyer's office, you can be uh, in, in some kind of professional thing of some sort, but you can be humble about it. You can say, this is not what I'm living for. It, it, it's, it's here until it's time to go. And then I lay it down. Uh, my kingdom is not on this earth. And then the same approach comes to the Word of God. Some, well, you know, you... you You just got to get the word. Yes, I believe you need to get the word, but I believe it needs to be received in the heart, not up here. I believe it needs to come from here down to here. I I can tell you the day and the hour that God spoke to my heart, and and I'm not going to define this as the Holy Ghost or anything, uh, because there's other things that went with it. But I can tell you the day, I was just thinking on the Word of God, thinking. I was just coming home. I went down to my room at the basement. I'd been through a rough day at work, and I said, I just need to come and pray. And I'm thinking on, on God, and as I walk through the door, the, the Scripture came to me from 1 John chapter 3. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. It struck me like a thunderbolt, and I said, Lord, I'm yours! I'm not the world's. I'm not these other things. And I'll tell you what, it put life into me. I didn't go praying and saying, Lord, uh, please hear me, please. No, I said, Lord, you spoke to me. You breathed life into me. You put that in me. That was not of me. That was a sovereign work of God. Now, it was a lot of prayers. It It was a lot of things that went to it. It doesn't have to be that. But I'll say this, we are also in a scientific age. Don't allow that as a replacement for what God is doing. He says in God hiding himself in simplicity, can you imagine how education and science had been such great tokens and what this great civilization had for memorials How that science and modern civilization and education was a must among the people. But God searched through the great economy of that day and all their systems till he could find the right type of man. He found an illiterate farmer by the name of Noah, a sheep herder. Now, there's an approach to God. It's simple. I, I I don't want you to leave here this morning and say, Well, Brother Ed made me fearful today. I could miss it. No, that is not my intent. My intent is be convinced, be concerned. And if you're not sure, come to God. He's your friend. He's not against you. We're not against you. We're here to help. We want to see everyone make it. 
wherever you are, and sometimes the hardest thing, I don't know if you've heard, heard Brother Ron's message the other night about Naaman and his leprosy, sometimes the hardest thing is we try to hide it. Well, I got this reputation if it happens. I'll tell you what, I, I respect somebody who comes and is honest with God, who just sometimes comes forward and prays. I, 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 I don't want to mention names, but you know, we, we had just a, a sister comes one time. It was a young people's service. It was nothing special. And she comes forward at the end of the service and said, I need God. You know what? I respect that. And you know what? God respects that. And God will meet you there. Don't worry about your prestige and your fame. Let the hunger of God become more than all the other things around you. Listen, I, I, I didn't know which way I was going with this, but I, I, I just trust this is all right this morning. Let me just take one or two more here. Life. Okay, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to just go, go to Genesis 6 for a minute here. I want to read this, verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 11. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, and all flesh had corrupted his way. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come upon me, before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now why did God need to get a simple man? Because of the next statement. I'm going to have a flood that's going to destroy the earth. First of all, it never rained up to that time. I, I, I was just speaking to a man yesterday. We were working on a house with him. The man is, uh, it's probably an eight to $10 million house. And we were talking about some things in it. He's 65 years old. And I was saying, this infrastructure we're going, the neighbors that you, you put the infrastructure for your lot, they'll benefit. They're going to be in phase two. It's a 15-year moratorium. They may not be able they may wait the 15 years out and never to pay you back. And he says, who cares? I may not live another 15 years. And I actually got really sad to hear that. He's pouring all of this into this earth with the expectancy of 15 years. And I said, I don't care about what kind of home. I, and I don't want to put that the wrong way. I think there's pride in a home and, and we, we need to do good with that too. But I, I said... I don't care about just this life. I said, what about over there? Like, as, as we've watched these, these saints, Sister Vera and Brother Reinhold and, and Brother Joe, friends, there's a life beyond. It is so real. It is there. Like, don't, don't focus on here. There's a, there was a before and there's an after. This is just the little part that's here. And I say, whatever you do, don't miss that. I, I feel like we're, we are so close to that. He says now, I'll make, make you an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark. You shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Now, I, I want you just to, just to focus on this just for a moment, and then we'll close. But, but Brother Bannon would talk about that and say, now gopher wood, it was a porous wood, it would sink. So first of all, it's going to rain. Now, put yourself in the same position. 
fire is going to fall and burn the earth. But everybody is built on the economy. They're built on this. And what's your retirement? And what's your savings? Fine. I'm dealing with that as I need to. But it's going to burn. This earth is going to burn. And, And I'm not putting my hope in these things. I'm putting my hope in Him. So what are you putting your hope on? You go to church? What's that church going to do for you? They're going to shut it down. No, that's not my hope in the church. It's not in a man, but it's in Christ. The pitch, the Holy Spirit that comes in and fills every pore and every crevice. He is my life. He's my devotion in the morning. He's my help through the day. He's my help at the end of the day. He was there in my birth. He'll be there in my death. It's the pitch that's going to make you float. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's what's going to keep you. He would say, now, when you build this gopher, you go for wood. You get it all fixed. Brother Bam says, I was studying what this pitch was. It's a tar. They make elements. They make tar. They, they, they beat it out of the tree. They, they, they heat it up. and They pour it into this soft gopher wood. And it's full like a sponge. It's filled up. And then it becomes hardened so hard you can't drive a nail into it. <laughs> I get the Holy Spirit, and the enemy comes and tells you, you know, you should do and listen to this, and you should listen. And I go, hang on a second. You can't beat that into me. I got my mind fixed on one thing. I'm I'm in Christ, and I'm focused in on that and that alone. And he says now, he says, a real seed of God is an absorbent, absorbent for the Spirit. That means... I didn't get it 30 years ago, and I'm hardened up. No, I'm ready to take more. There's some little fibers in my life. There's, there's something in my family life. There's something here. There's something there. Musicians, you come. There, there's something in all of these things. I'll say a real seed of God is a germ of life that's laying there. It produces another seed. Another son of God is born. Another amateur God, a son of God. Pitch it within and without. There's a whole part of this. The seals were sealed within and without. <laughs> That'll be another service. There's a lot of other services. I just wanted to follow what the Lord was leading us this morning. How many are glad for what God has done in your life so far? How many are glad for what He's doing right now? I believe He's lifting us up a little higher. I believe he's taking us a little further. I believe what we're seeing in meetings and amongst the children of God, I think there's a desire that the devil can't get. I think he's howling because of what's inside of us. What's inside of us is greater than anything he can throw at us from the outside. As you stand together, I'm going to read the last part of Ezekiel chapter 37. And I just want you to think about this. I'll I'll pick it up again, likely. But Ezekiel chapter 37, and I I, I left off at, at at verse 10. Verse 11 said, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried. Our hope is lost, and we are cut off. There's times I have felt like It's black in front of me. It's black behind me. I don't know how I can get out of this. And I said, it's like that. 
But then something comes up and rises up. My hope is in the Lord. I remember that was a song I sang day after day when I had cancer and I was going for radiation because I always had this fearful thing of hospitals. I hadn't been in a hospital overnight in my whole life. And now I had to go to the hospital and have an operation and have, have radiation and have all these other things. And it looked like, is this what it's come to? I'm a son of God. Why is this coming to me? Every voice that comes against you, you shall condemn. It's in me. And I said, I just began to sing songs. My hope is in the Lord. Oh, it looks like uh, these bones are very dry. It looks like there's nothing there. And then God says, therefore prophesy and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you into the land of Egypt, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you out of your graves. Oh, the devil has dug many a pit for us, but God has lifted us up. And he, he'll say this in verse 14, And I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And I shall place you in your own land, and you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. This is my scripture. This is for us in this day. It's not just for Israel. It's for us who lived in Laodicea under a dry time when the enemy would have said, I'll get intellectualism. I'll get every spirit in Laodicea. I'll raise every army. And God said, oh, hold it a second. There's a prophecy. There's a word that I have spoken. There's a people that have responded to that word. Are you one of them? I am one of them. I thank God that we can say we're one of them. Oh, it looked like we were dead many a time, but we're back from extinction. Book of Acts did not finish back in just 30 AD, but the book of Acts still lives today. It's back from extinction. Whatever you have need of, I think you can prophesy, you can speak it. I'm under a prophecy. I will restore. I'll bring you back again. Oh, the devil's crowded out. You can play something softly, sister. He's crowded out around us. It looks like intellectual voices. All kinds of voices. Brother Bram said, those angels that were in heaven, those angelic e spirits that withstood Satan's lie, they had a spirit within them. And he said, I believe that the people, there are people on the earth today that are possessed with that same spirit. I will not take Satan's lie. His voice rises against me, but I cast it down. There's a prophecy over me. I'm living in that time. I'm not going to take his voice. Is it, is it mean that, you know, you just come into emotion? No. I think you can be, come into prayer and you can have an assurance in your heart. I know I've met him. And I'll tell you, I wouldn't replace that for anything in this day. You can be sure that you're sure that you're sure. So we bow our heads. Maybe there's one person. Every eye is closed. 
Maybe you would say, Brother Ed, as the word was ministered, I felt my heart was pricked. I'm even scared to put my hand up. And if you're scared, so be it. But if you also want to say, I know that I need something more. And you just want to be known to God. And you want to raise your hand. I believe he sees an honest heart. God bless you. While we're here, and hands have been raised, and you could say, I see storm clouds, great spirits arising. There's a promise. God said, when the enemy will come in like a flood, I will raise a standard. When Egypt, the world, crowded out Abraham's seed, God had a Joseph that raised up. And he became the voice that was salvation to Abraham's seed. In this last day, I believe there's a people on the earth today. Their revival is not built around emotion. It's not built around intellectualism but it's built around a love for God. It's built not out of a fear of going to, to the grave, going to hell, but it's built on, I want to be with the Lord. And I believe that if you stay focused on those things, God will add more and more and more. Heavenly Father, as we just come to the close of the service, I really had placed it in your hands. I feel like it was broken up, maybe in some respects, but Lord, I want you to have your way in our midst. You know where the voice, where the words would go. Maybe it's not even responding in this service. Maybe it's a seed that will respond in another service. I pray it would be so, Lord. Father, you know what our needs are in our families. You know what our needs are in our lives. You know what our needs are in our bodies. You know where the enemy would come to take away even our very breath and our life. But Lord, you have a promise of restoration. And you also said that the enemy could never take us before our time. And we thank you for that. I pray that you would restore everyone I pray you'd be with the Wackelchucks. I pray you'd be with Sister Patrick. I pray that you'd be with the others, the Steves. I pray that you'd be with those that have suffered and have gone through things. Thank you for Brother Marion that's here, Brother Kevin, Brother Bob Combe, Brother the Perizox. Lord, we thank you for that. But you see also where the enemy would try to plague our minds, where he would try to speak to us, Oh, Lord, may your spirit rise up within us. May we find our joy in you, Lord, in listening to your word and singing songs. May we find it in the good things of God and even in our fellowship with one another, our texts, our emails, our, our, our communication. Oh, Lord, I pray that you would be in our midst. Lord, we're going to have upcoming services. We're going to have... Our, our different brothers that haven't spoken for a while. Our brother Max will speak 
this next week. Our brother John will speak next weekend. Lord, we're going to have these brethren speak. I pray that you'll anoint them. And not just them. I pray that you'll anoint us as a congregation. I pray that you will be high and lifted up in our midst. I pray that the Word of God would just break every yoke of the enemy, O oh Lord. I pray that you'd cast down everything that the enemy would do, O oh Lord. I pray you'd bring about healing. I pray you'd bring about a resurrection. I pray you'd bring about new births. I pray you'd bring about a refilling of the Holy Ghost. I pray, oh Lord, you would raise that standard in our midst. I pray you'll bless the brothers that are doing the podcast. I pray you'll bless the prayer meetings. I pray that you'll bless the young people's meetings. I pray you'd be in our homes, in our families, in everything we do. Lord, we commit it unto you. Father, you are the life. You are the spirit. You are the truth. You are the way. And we want to thank you this morning. Lord, these words that came out, they were broken up. But you said by the foolishness of preaching, we would be saved. It wasn't crafted. It wasn't refined. It wasn't this. Maybe there are services we're able to come together that way. But Lord, today we just want your spirit to charge the word into our lives and in our hearts. I pray you'll bless every home as we go home, as some of us will be with our families and be in a gathering, I pray that the Spirit of God would be there. Maybe we'll stream a service. Maybe we'll listen into something. I pray that you'd be in that, Lord. I pray that you'd remember those that are suffering, our sister Debbie, uh, our brother Jason's wife. I pray you'll be with her. I pray, Father, you'd be with the others. We want to thank you this morning. We thank you for the time we've had. We just invite you now, just as we sing a few songs and we're dismissed, may you come by our way, Lord. We thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Almost forgot. I saw Sister Hilda there, Laval. God bless you. Sure is good to see you. Nice to see you here. Brother Uva and his wife, Sister Miriam, here as well. So, in On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. There's only one door, one window we can look to, only one foundation. I, he's all in all. He's everything to me. Amen. Let's sing. My hope is built on nothing less than 